You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate each and every one of you who make Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. Um, recording, recording here on Victory Monday, and of course, you know, we can't find any way just to enjoy a Monday, even on a short week, but we're going to leave all that stuff to the side. John Costco from PFF is in the house. We are going to go... Under the lens, obviously, as we always do on Mondays, uh, break down a little bit more into detail. The Browns victory 24-22 yesterday over the Baltimore Ravens, now standing at 7-6, second in the AFC North. Um, and as far as the show, I mean, guys, we it may just be a daily thing here for at least the next couple of weeks here because with the Browns playing on Saturdays. Um, so we'll see how that goes here as we, you know, obviously going to be a crucial stretch for the rest of the season here. Uh, Browns one game out of first place, four to go. It's going to be a wild, wild December into January here in the AFC North. Uh, we start on the offensive side of the ball here today. Um, John, the overall performance was better, uh, you know, passing-wise, obviously scoring more points. Uh, certainly, you know, fans <clears throat> chewed their nails down to the cuticles in the Second half, maybe a little bit more in the second half offensively, certainly would have made the day a little bit easier to get out with the victory. Um, but you were able to, and we talked about this after the first loss to Baltimore, when teams are going to do this, you've got to find a way to get vertical. Unfortunately for the Browns, they really only have one player right now at the wide receiver position who's capable of doing that. You know, David Njoka would be another, uh, but he, of course, was unavailable yesterday. But five for 90, uh, you know, some obviously some deep action in Donovan Peoples-Jones. <laughs> And most importantly, John, was I, I can't even – the catch is not getting the credit it deserves, I think, because everybody was caught up in the penalty that was you know called coinciding with it. But an incredible job. But this – in order to get people out of the box and at least give yourself some breathing room to work, you've got to attack past them. Yeah, you, you absolutely have to do that, and you have to connect on those passes. Um, and you have to start doing that consistently. Otherwise – Teams are just going to continue to stack the box and not respect the pass and and really just play the run first. Um, and, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a really good game yesterday. That catch along the sideline was just insane. The fact that he was able to get his feet in bounds um, and fully extend like that, is just, it was, you know, an incredible feat of athleticism, right? And um, his, his game yesterday was an 80.6, which is – you know, excellent, which is what you're wanting out of your out of your receivers, especially a guy who, you know, you think that might be you know, right now might be your number one guy, especially with the injuries and, and COVID stuff that they had yesterday. So um, they have to be able to get this vertical passing game clicking. Um, and they did that a couple of times. They had that that corner route uh, against cover three that Baker left it back shoulder, you know, for for 30 some yards. Um, and, and things were looking a lot better in the, in the first half. It kind of got it did get out a look a little bit to a sluggish start with the three and out. But and then and then they clammed up in the second half. They just they couldn't get anything going. The running game against this team has has just really struggled for whatever reason. And I think I think this 
you know, I think yesterday was a step in the right direction. And, you know, they got the Raiders coming up, and that's probably a, a good thing. And based on how bad that they've been playing and um, and how inconsistent they are, they've been. But, you know, uh, yesterday was a better game. Baker Mayfield's best game in, in several weeks, you know, since the Cincinnati game at, a, at an 80.2 overall. It was a 76.9 grade. So um, better things that we saw yesterday and uh, still issues at the tackle position. Uh, that's actually where I was headed to next. Um, and it was funny because you know, once the news broke of the COVID tests, you know, when everybody, you know, gosh, the next reaction was going to be, you were going to have to use a tackle as a tight end. I mean, it was, I know there were people out there trying to pat themselves on the back for this prediction. What were you going to do? You had no choice, but Blake Hans, um, I believe it was his first snap holding penalty. Uh, so glad to get you back in there, Blake, as we tried to replace you. James Hudson, uh, you know, the rookie, uh, how did it go? Was it any better? Was it worse, John? Um, mixed bag. So he struggled in run blocking. Um, he got beat a couple of times in pass pro, but he ended up with a 65.2 grade in this game from a pass pro standpoint. And I, I think, I think it was an encouraging first game, but the problem was in the run game. He was, he was dreadful. He had a lot of missed blocks in run game. He had 28.7 grade there, uh, which is, which is obviously not good. And, and when you, when you compare that to what Blake Hans had has done, Blake Hans has been an absolute disaster in, in pass pro at a 39.4, but really, you know, solid as a run blocker at 69.5. So you got better pass protection performance, but way worse run block performance. And when you have, if you could get like, you know, just quality play from a run block standpoint, maybe you, you break out a few more of those runs. Um, but again, at the same time, if you're, if you're a, you know, a turnstile at the, in pass protection, then, you know, Baker Mayfield's definitely going to feel that, that, uh, you know, that pressure con continually, but this was one of their better, you know, as a, as an offensive line unit as a whole, it was one of their better games as a, in pass protection. It was, you know, grade wise, it was their best game in pass protection as across the unit as a, a 86.6. Uh, so mixed bag in terms of what we saw from James Hudson, some encouraging things, but uh, he needs to get, I, I think I can, you, you kind of expect that from him in terms of how raw he is at that tackle position that he needs, you know, to improve as a run blocker, but, um, you know, he saw some good things, but obviously run game was, was bad. Uh, now second week in a row. And we talked about this, John, the Ravens were not going to change. Obviously what they did the first time worked and it was going to come down to the Browns being able to pass the ball more, you know, to, uh, you know, get any sort of thing going on the offensive side of the ball, which they did. Of course, you know, we'll talk about the defense side of the ball where things maybe did get a little bit easier for them, uh, you know, with Lamar Jackson leaving the game early. Uh, but just continuing here on the offensive side, is it on the Browns essentially for the lack of production from the run game these last two games? Or is it from the fact that if you're not going to get them out of the box, this is kind of the equation, this is kind of the equivalent to how to basically take a running game away. Um, it's a combination of, of both, right? So it's on the Browns to be better. This was, this was a really bad performance from a run uh, overall run blocking standpoint. Um, I, I would say last game against the Ravens, they weren't, they weren't too bad from a run, you know, executing a run blocks. It was middle of the pack in terms of what they've been able to do uh, this season at a 68.7, but this game was a 55.6 run blocking 
grade for the team. Um, so it was it was pretty substantially worse. Um, and the runner, you know, the running backs actually had a, a solid game in this one versus the last game. The running backs didn't have a good game where they were at a 48.9 in that one. And this one, they're in an 82 overall. So um, you need both to click running backs, finding the holes, making guys miss when when they have to make guys miss. But also like it, it like again, like if teams are going to stack the box, it's really difficult to. And it's part of the, how this this Baltimore Ravens team is schematically like it. They have a three, four defense that makes it really difficult to to run against and they're the number one run defense in the NFL. And for a reason, they've got good guys up front to, to, you know, pretty much hold up offensive linemen at the point of the attack. And it lets those, those linebackers run free. So it's a combination of it. The, the Browns, they, they, they were bad as a run blocking unit in this one. Um, and, you know, kudos to the Ravens for having, having a good scheme to be able to stop what the Browns do. Uh, we're going to see the Raiders this week. Uh, Raiders gave up, you know, almost, uh, you know, I think it was 4.4 yards per carry. Not everybody, as John said, is the number one rated defense in the NFL run wise. Uh, so you're going to get past this should be easier against the Raiders. Even if it looks like they're as of now, coach Stefanski speak on Monday, most likely no Kareem hunt, most likely no Ty Hill and no update on, I guess we'll call them the COVID crew as of now. Um, so we'll see how that plays out in the week. And of course, you know, short week for the Browns, uh, as the Raiders will come into town to play the Browns Saturday at four 25. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. And this just seems to be maybe week in week out where all the smiles kind of come when we're starting to talk, when we talk about this Browns team now, a lot of athletes, uh, and are really starting to gel as a unit. Appreciate everybody for making lockdown Browns your first listen each and every day. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can ha- can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks. So you can do it all for the speed of 5G. With all the money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Defensively, um, and I'll get to this one here, John, and this is always like the, and it's funny because I don't know what they call it, you know, I mean, we the hat trick would be getting the sack, forcing the fumble and recovering it, um, but, you know, Miles with all four yesterday and turning said fumble recovery into a touchdown, you know, something that, you know, probably not going to be the first time for a player um, of Miles caliber, Jadavian Clowney getting in there yesterday as well. John, they're a, they're an absolute pleasure to watch, and it, it's just insane. And I know it was said during the broadcast yesterday, uh, Villanueva, I guess you know, had revealed to uh, you know the announcers that he said that Miles was just absolutely different to block due to the fact that he just has rare athleticism combined with you know, and I believe you know they didn't use it and was always one of the favorites for a while. Ankle flexion. There's just things simply different that Miles Garrett can do. That, you know, 
and we're talking the 0.00001% of the NFL can do along with Miles Garrett, but just an absolute special talent, John. And you combine that with a player like Jadavian Clowney and even Tack McKinley, fast, strong, and most importantly, smart in understanding that, you know, the ball is a lot more important sometimes than just the quarterback himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all know what the type of caliber athlete and, and, stud that miles garrett is this year he's got a 92.8 pass rush grade um he wins he wins on more than a quarter of his pass rushes um you know and that includes play action and and rpos and and screen game where you essentially don't you know have a really good easy opportunity to to win on your pass rushes and so he's and he's got the highest pass rush grade of any edge rusher and um you know he's on well on his way to uh, potentially getting that that michael strahan record um you know if he if he picks it up in, in these last you know four games but special talent and then you combine that with the the relentlessness of, of jadavion clowny who's who's more of a power athlete doesn't have the uh you know the flexibility and the, the moves like miles garrett does and it just makes for a really good one-two combo um yesterday in his game it was a 90.5 pass rush grade um you know, he had four four hurries and and well as four three other wins that you know didn't register as, as uh, pressures because the ball was out too quickly. Um, and he's just he's making a very very strong case for defensive player of the year. And you do you remember beginning of the season when you told me to make one bold statement and I said the bold statement would be Miles Garrett would win defensive player of the year. He uh, might actually win it. It's in the archives, folks. It is in the archives, and he might actually get it because it was mainly because of this combination that you get with Jadavion Clowney and this better, this improved pass rush that the you know was on paper for the Browns. That we, I just kind of expected that Miles Garrett would. He's always had these these wins, right? Like like he still he wins. He's winning at a better rate this year, but he's getting fewer double, maybe some fewer double teams than he had in the past, and it just allows when hey when when pressure comes from somewhere else he's able to clean it up like not every one of his sacks have been because he had to whip his his offense alignment he he got it because of the you know just by effort and not somebody else flushing a, the pass rush to him so which hadn't happened in previous years so he's he's well on his way he has over you know 75 total pressures this year um you know and and just an absolute stud no question uh no doubt about it grant help it Leader yesterday, 11 solo tackles. Had his best game of his career, obviously short career at this point, um, in the first matchup with the Ravens. But the leading tackler yesterday, uh, Ronnie Harrison, unavailable. A little bit about Grant Delpit's day. Um, so, you know, tackles aren't everything, right? Like, Of course. That's not like in the last game against the Baltimore Ravens, he had the interception. He had a 90.5 coverage grade, clearly his, his best game of the season. This one was kind of more back on his norm. He, he had a lot of tackles and, you know, that that's great and all, but he was a 57.9 in this game. Part of it is that, you know, he gave up four catches on four targets, you know, only 17 yards. So um, most of the Andrews catches. Yeah. And so it you know, it, it Which is weird, I mean, because even like, I know everybody was like, well, what are they going almost to a prevent style or, or, or getting less aggressive with the quarterback? But if you were getting less aggressive with the quarterback, for God's sakes, can we cover 89 of anybody? I mean, you knew who they were going to throw to. Yeah, you got you to gotta be able to cover that guy. <laughs> of, of all the guys you got to be able to cover, you got to be able to cover him. And part of it is, you know, you... You probably had a different game plan if if Lamar went down. Like, you, you only prepare 
like a little bit for it because you only have one game of, of tape on on Tyler Huntley and and I, I couldn't say from you know the one game what it is that confuses Tyler Huntley but they clearly you know they had an issue of getting him down to the ground as well as you know like like they would with Lamar but they you know when they had a big lead they kind of did back off on their blitzes and, and stuff like that and you're thinking that all right, they can they can play coverage and keep everything in front of them, and and they did for the most part. And it was just kind of like a, more of a slow bleed in terms of how it happened for this team. And and you know Delpit, this he didn't make any impact plays. I would say like he you know yes he had the you know a, a bunch of tackles in this game, but only one stop in terms of a tackle for a short gain or a loss or a no gain. So um, you know I I think he's still figuring it out. I think he's a he's. You know, he's, he has the athleticism and stuff like that, but I think he's he's still figuring it out from a, you know, being a more impactful player of making plays that are positives for the defense rather than just being there to make a tackle down the field. Jacob Phillips returned yesterday, first game action of the 2021 season, and a lot of anticipation, you know, about getting to play Jeremiah Usukoromoa, Jacob Phillips. This looks like what's, you know, for as long as Joe Woods is here, this kind of looks like a vision of, you know, what he wants from the linebacker position, wants guys that can run, wants guys that can be physical. A little about that duo yesterday. Uh, so he played 28 snaps, 22 of them in, in on coverage plays and just six run defense plays. Um, his run defense grade on, on six plays was a 43.9, which, you know, he, he – um, you would say that he he didn't read on a couple of gaps. He was he was out of position on a few plays there. But in coverage, he was a sixty-eight. Um, meaning, well, you got to think coming know, back from what he's coming back from, it, the coverage is going to be the easier part of the game right now. Well, and, and he he wasn't tested in coverage, right? I think he he was, you know, he played in his zone and and didn't get um, just doesn't get tested. He was targeted once for and caught the guy who caught the pass for two yards. So um, I, I thought his game was fine from coverage standpoint right like as 68 jok who um you know we we know what type of player he is he was all over the place again um the, the one issue he had was was in the pass rush he missed a tackle there um so that's going to hurt his pass rush grade of a 51 even though he had two pressures uh but it was solid all around otherwise um but he didn't you know it's it's it, he wasn't you know he wasn't as impactful as he was in that first ravens game but he also didn't need to be i don't think i think they they kind of called off the like like we had talked about they called off the dogs a bit and they just kind of said all right we're just making sure we don't we don't get gashed on a big play um and keep everything in front of us and we'll be we'll just get out of here with a win and i hate i hate that strategy i'd, I'd rather course. you step step on the throat and just have well, a the point is victory. the point is is you're taking yourself out of what you do best so it's like you know i, I i've never gotten it either but i will say this I think it got even worse when Huntley missed Hollywood Brown and they missed each other, you know, by a hair. And I think that's where they got to the point of, all right, well, they hit one of these, you know, it's good. You know, it's, it's going to be a serious, serious issue. So yeah. if they're going to get us, it better be by a death of a thousand paper cuts, as opposed to going 65 yards on one throw. Yeah. And, but the thing is they still did give up a, a couple of deep shots to uh Rashad Rashad Bateman. Bateman, which the first, the first one I, I don't know how that wasn't called for OPI. It really looked like he shoved Greedy Williams right in the back. Um, there wasn't, and this is after clear. you were already had your eyes on him because you called him for one already. Yeah, and I, you know, you give him you give him props for the second one for sure. That was an that was a great route, great throw. Um, 
you know, and I, I think, uh, you know, they got out of there with a win. I just did, you know, you don't like how the way they finished that game for sure. But, um, you know, I, I think, I think, I think I get it from a, you know, you don't know what it is that Tyler Huntley does well. And then you see him running around breaking all those tackles like he was doing. So it kind of scares you. And then you, you have, you miss, just miss on a deep shot like that. I get it. It, it does, it does like kind of go, Ooh, maybe we should, you know, play a little soft zone here so we don't get this, let this happen again, even though it did happen twice. So. And Pete and I talked about this last night. And I think part of what it was is, you know, as you said, there was only one game of tape of Tyler Huntley, but it was also the other thing of they've done nothing for three weeks, but study Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, to the point where they probably had his breakfast routine down. They know where he picked up his bagel, know how he took his coffee. And I I think they got a little bit surprised by Huntley's running around because you could definitely see, I mean, there were guys who looked like, you know, they had done a couple of keg stands as far as, whoa, this guy is either a faster than we thought more athletic than we thought, you know, and credit to Huntley. Cause I mean, he had some sick cuts, sick cuts and some stupid cuts. Cause I mean, even where, you know, cutting really hard against the grain blindly as a quarterback is not always the smartest thing to do, but I think it was the, you know, we were over prepared for Lamar Jackson and, Which, you know, like you, you go into like a, you know, in a, in a class or to take a test or, you know, and you think, you know, or, you know, a class in public speaking and you think they're going to ask you question one, two and three and you study it to death. But they actually asked you questions eight, nine and ten and you weren't nearly as prepared for that. And, and I think that had a lot to do with the success, because even Lamar, I think at the time was, you know, what, four or five, six or seven, whatever he was. But it looked like the offense. I, it's crazy to say it looked like the offense had a little bit more juice when Huntley went out there simply of the fact it was a complete unknown. It, it they definitely looked like they had more juice coming out in the second half. And I know the broadcast mentioned it, that they were like, Oh, these guys look like they have more energy. And you know, I, part of it too is I think Jadavian Clowney said it after the game where he thought that Tyler Huntley was actually quicker than Lamar Jackson. Maybe he doesn't have the, the, you know, the full, the, the speed, the, the, you know, the full breakaway speed that Lamar has, but he thought he was actually quicker, which, you know, if you're, if you you're thinking those all right, things up from tape, you don't pick those things up. No, you're actually on a field with a guy. No, exactly. I think, you know, as an example, you know, Paul Alexander, O-line, former O-line coach for the Bengals for, for, you know, two decades or whatever. He, he talked about in a, in a PFF podcast, how you don't really understand how quick Christian McCaffrey is until you actually see him in person and see how dang quick that guy is. Like um, you see it on tape, like this dude like shakes everybody, but it's like, you can't really appreciate it until you're actually there seeing it live in person and how, how much, you know, faster or bigger or stronger or how hard the guy throws or whatever it may be until you actually see it in person. Like, and I think that's kind of like how it was with, with Tyler Huntley on this game where they kind of maybe thought, all right, Lamar's out we can take a little bit of a breather here. And then they realize, Oh no, this dude is actually a freak athlete as well. Um, <laughs> you know, and this, and this offense doesn't really change. So, you know, you, you wish you, you would have thought though, coming out in the second half that they would have had understood, Hey, this guy, this guy is, is pretty good. We, we need to, um, we need to lock it down a little bit better in the back end. And, you know, you just want to see him finish stronger. No question about it. And again, we'll see how it works. I mean, because look, the Raiders are going to come in here Saturday with a basically nothing to lose approach. And for all, you know, and I'm not uh, for I'm not trying to make light of any of the situations that went on with the Raiders. But, you know, I don't think it's being talked enough about how difficult the circumstances have been for the Raiders this year. You lose your head coach in the fashion that you lost him. 
you lose one of the biggest threats on your offense and what he does. And that player was similar to what the Browns would need right now to make their life easier. You know, his incident, and it's really, really difficult for the remaining people in the room. You're losing your leader. You're losing a very talented piece to your team. And, you know, it's really, really difficult to keep things together. We're going to get a little bit more here. Segment three with John Costco rolling through here under the lens on Locked On Browns. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit on location exp.com slash sb.b.56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash s period b period 56 or search Super Bowl on location. I just received a package of socks from Stance for me. I got band feet. My feet hurt. I can't wear just generic socks. I need something a little bit more thicker, something a little bit more comfortable. This is where stance comes in. And for me and my feet and having issues for years of sports, issues of having to go from 100 degrees in the summertime to 20s, maybe in the teens, sometimes in the wintertime, my feet sometimes can't always hold up. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical Renovation of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Crazy. Um, They've gone into genres, whether it's Wu-Tang Clan, um, Batman, Star Wars. For your Office fans, they're there. The Harry Potter fans, they got you covered as well. Bob Marley, Major League Baseball, NBA, even Pixar. The stance apparel for me, like I said, the socks, I just go general. I'm not too flashy with my sock game. Um, For me, it is about softness. It's about comfortable. It's about making sure my feet can hold up for the entire day. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code locked on all caps, no space at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Again, we appreciate everybody who makes locked on Browns your first listen day in day out, whatever podcast app you use, make sure you are following or subscribe to the locked on Brown podcast, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. John four to go. There is essentially one game separating the entire AFC North. We'll see where Lamar Jackson is uh, with his health. Obviously, that's a crucial, crucial item for the Raiders. Browns still a little bit banged up, COVID-related and injuries. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals, it seems there's weeks where they look like one of the better teams in the AFC. And then there's weeks where, whether it's O-line play or just general physicality, kind of does them in. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I think we all kind of know what needs to be done in Pittsburgh for, you know, their future and finding a new error and also maybe, you know, getting some people can actually keep their damn heads in the game at crucial points. John, it's going to be a wild, wild month here in the AFC North. And for the Browns, you've certainly gotten gifted this opportunity. 
this it, for a lot of it, this season could potentially be done and put in the barn for the Browns, but it's not. And it's here. And you have, have such a fine margin for error here. Over these last four games. Granted, you get the Raiders, which looks like it should be an advantageous situation for the Browns. A trip to Green Bay, and I think, <laughs> let's just leave it at that, I guess. And then Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, you know, to close out uh, the regular season. It, it's going to be really, really interesting in this division over the next month. And obviously, everybody else in the AFC North has got some uh, difficult games next weekend. It's going to be a hell of a ride, John. Yeah. Um... No question about it. Uh, you know, the Browns have everything out in front of them that they, they need to take care of. If they, they win out, they'll make the playoffs. The the one, you know, I think I think you you can pencil in the Raiders and the Steelers as victories. Though I mean it's like the, the Steelers you can't really pencil in, but I think you can say that the Browns should win that game. Um and the Browns have you know they've they've been able to handle business with with the Cincinnati Bengals the past couple of years. Um and that 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 game is at home. The one game that you are, you know, obviously really concerned about of that you know you might not even say that they have much of a chance is are against the Packers. Um, because that that team is, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL. They'll definitely have a con, you know contend for the for the Super Bowl. And you know, for for the Browns. You know the, the Ravens for one. They they go up against the Packers next week, and and they likely will lose, especially if Lamar Jackson can't play. Um, and then it comes down to you know what what can the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals do moving forward? And uh, off, off the top of my head, I'm not I'm not sure who they actually play next week, but they they will be a tough out just because they are they are a really good team. Um, and they play they play the Broncos next week. So they they finish the season at the Bengals. Yeah, they play at Denver. They then then home against the Ravens, home against the Chiefs, and then at Cleveland. So they don't have an easy schedule. The By Browns, you know, yeah, the Browns don't have an easy schedule. The Ravens, you know, we know that they don't have an easy schedule easy either. Uh so they very well could win their division. Um, you know, especially if Lamar Jackson is is injured. Um, and, and can't play next week or, or the week after because the Ravens finished their season with the Packers, Bengals, Rams, and Steelers. So there's there's nothing there that says oh they could eat, they should win out or or you know they could lose all four or they could win all four. Um, I, and I think that's the case with the Browns. They they could do the same. So it's going to be a fun ride. Um, you know if the if the Baker plays like he did in the first half of this game. Um, and his offense is clicking like that, and the fact like they did, they they should be able to you know take care of business and you know make the playoffs, potentially win the division, but they should at least make the playoffs if they their offense, you know, especially with how defense is playing. That's defense has been lights out from our opponent adjusting Justin rankings for the this defense. We have them as the number two defense in the NFL this year. So you know that's that's what is carrying the Browns so far this year, and and you know you have to hope that they can continue that that pace, especially when they go up against, you know, I know that the Raiders are, have their struggles right now, but they, they, they just put up 36 points on, on Thanksgiving against the, the, the Cowboys. Um, and we've seen what they can do offensively. Um, but you know, they, they have their issues. They have a lot of issues right now and it's Jekyll and Hyde from them. There's no question about it with the Raiders. Um, and so that's what's going to make this uh, obviously look, and this is what you ask for. You want really, really look, you want your team to be in it and have a possibility. 
and you want some good football to close out the stretch. And we're certainly going to get that. Uh, we'll have the nice ambiance of, you know, two Saturdays in a row here. Uh, 425 and then 425 again on you know Christmas Day. Uh, sorry, Mom. The Lloyds will be having their Christmas meal at home this year. Um, <laughs> sorry, Graham. Sorry, Graham. Jeff's got work to do. Just the way it's going to have to be. I've al- I've always had a-, a policy on Christmas to like we have Christmas at home. Like when I was a kid growing up, we always had Christmas at home. Never, never traveling anywhere. So well, Thanksgiving were- was a traveling holiday, but Christmas was never a traveling holiday. We eventually flip. We eventually flipped that over. But I'll be honest. Yes, as a kid, there was nothing worse than going down, looking at all the stuff you got under the tree, and then saying, "Okay, go put on your nice clothes because we've got to take an hour car ride to Aunt Barbara's." And Aunt Barbara, I miss you. I love you, but your place was not the your house was not the most. <laughs> it was not a. Let's just put it this way: it was not a place for young kids. There was no playing. There was no roughhousing. There was basically sitting around with your hands folded neatly in your lap at Ann Barber's house. Uh, and then once my father finally put his foot down, it was like, okay, this is great. We got all of this stuff. And partly what it was for my father was he was at work every day. So if there was a you know, six kids, there's a lot of crap to put together on Christmas Day. He worked harder on Christmas Day than he worked any other day of the year. So uh, for him to be out of the house for seven hours, there was no way to accommodate all of us with getting put together. What we needed. But it is going to be fun. I just do want to close with this because I know i got a bunch of people who want to know. Denzel Ward, John, just yet another. It, 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 I just I don't know where it's at, where it's at, and to be honest, if it's on Ward's side, if it's on the Brown side, um, and I don't want to hear the injuries anymore. Guess what? The other cornerbacks have missed time this year too, and one of these cornerbacks has missed an entire season. <clears throat> John, we got to pay the man. Um, yeah, I I think you can get a a decent um a deal for him too and but the thing is he's a stud like when he's healthy and is on the field he's an absolute stud so his his grade this year is a, a is a 77.7 in the in coverage or whatever um he had he's had one bad game which was against Brandon Cooks um basically in week 2 and other than that he's been he's been excellent and you know he he's given up total yards 314 for the entire season um he He's been, you know, targeted just 50 times, 32 catches he's allowed. It's actually a career high in terms of completion percentage that he's allowed at 64%. But, like, he he does a really excellent job of locking down opposing offense's number one wide receiver. Um, and he's he's good in this scheme. He's a physical cornerback, which, you know, at his size, is maybe maybe he can't be that physical in terms of um, that's where some of the, the injuries come in. But the thing is, like, he hasn't. What, did he miss one game this year? Has he even missed yes. a game this year? Yeah, he missed one missed game this year. Week week uh, eight against um, whoever whoever was the eight week eight opponent was. But so the you know normally normally he actually has has missed more games. But I, he's just a stud. Like, and are you going to pay top dollar for him? I don't think so because I think that he's you under he, they like they have an understanding of like hey you you have you're really good in the system. We love you here. And he'll probably take it to home count discount and you'll realize like, Hey, that they, they, they work around my injuries and they, they take good care of me and stuff like that. So like a lot of times you get a, you get a decent home, home count discount or whatever, but I mean, you know, you, you can't have enough good cornerbacks in this league and he is a very good one. Um, you know, arguably a top, a top five, clearly, I think in my opinion, a top 10 cornerback in the NFL when he's healthy. So keep him here long-term got to, got to figure out a way to keep him here. Plus, he works so well with what you truly want to do. You want to be able to unleash these guys, these athletes, 
to hopefully get to the point where the quarterback's not even going to throw the ball. In order to do that, you got to have guys you can trust that's going to be in somebody's hip pocket and make plays. And he is that. There's no question about it. Greg Newsom looks to be a fine young player. Greedy Williams looks to be a good part of it. But you need the headliner. You absolutely need the headliner. And right now it looks like Denzel Ward is that guy. And the other thing is you talk about people you're rewarding for the people they are, the way they play, the way they do things. Uh, Denzel Ward being, you know, nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for the Browns shows you that it's just not a question of, you know, he does what's on the field and what's asked of him. He does everything, you know, and obviously a focal point in the community. And again, those are the type of guys you keep around. And I don't want to hear position that, 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 that. If you point to people and say, we'd like you to be more like that guy, I don't care what position they play. Those are the guys that are to be kept around. That's what built, that's what building blocks essentially are. He is John Costco. Uh, senior, uh, it's, it's senior now, right? It's, yeah, lead. it's lead. lead. It's lead. It's lead. It's higher know, than lead senior. Yes. Apparently. And to be honest, John, I think it's, you know, you're not that old to call you senior. <laughs> and, you know, maybe, yeah. even though you got two boys, senior maybe felt a little lower. You know, it's right up there with Lord. Um, but right. lead now, John Costco <laughs> from PFF. Uh, we enjoy doing this every week, uh, you know, going to the lens here, breakdowns, things a little bit different. Uh, you'll see if what you guys saw maybe is what, uh, you know, the way it played out under the PFF lens. Make sure you're following at John Costco three, obviously all the work, uh, vital tool over at PFF. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open. The show itself at Locked on Browns, follow back account. DMs are open over there. Uh, it is victory Monday. Uh, we're enjoying it. It will be a short week here. As I said earlier, just look at the way the schedule works over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we might be coming at you every day. I mean, cause look, you know, we do this, you know, I drop a pregame show on you Friday. Obviously, the game is on Saturday. So, and then it's right back into it. You know, where the, all the eyes are going to be on the Cleveland Browns, whether anybody likes it or not. Uh, you know, for the next two weeks, as they have that lovely 4:30 window this Saturday, and of course on Christmas Day in Green Bay. Uh, you know, appreciate anybody being along for the ride. Appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns your first listen each and every day. With that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dogbound LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.